This edition of 100 Not Out is proudly brought to you by our 2018 longevity experience to the Greek island of Ikaria. Known as the island where people forget to die, Ikarians experience 80% less dementia, 50% less cancer, and 20% less heart disease, and live longer than anyone else on the planet. To find out why this is and experience Ikaria for yourself, come join myself, Damien Christoph and an intimate group of like-minded souls for an all-inclusive 9-night, 10-day, life-changing immersion. Watch the highlights video, get all of your info and apply on over at 100notout.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and it is an honor to be here with the legendary co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is the champion of calisthenics. He's Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, Damo. <laughs> oh, hello, mate. Oh, mate, I don't think I've ever done calisthenics in my life. I might have in grade three just after I did some square dancing, but I can't, re- I can't recall um, actually ever done doing I did yoga this morning. I don't know if that qualifies oh, me nice. to be the master. I don't know if, it, don't you know, if that does fall in the calisthenics uh, category. But, you know, speaking of no. calisthenics, Damo, and you know yes. you are the king of calisthenics. It was an honor recently <laughs> to interview Bill Stevens, wasn't it, from the YMCA in Ashburton. And uh, he became an overnight uh, celebrity after being featured on the Channel 9 News with Joe Hall. But there was yes. another endearing part to that story. And uh, whilst Bill's inspiring people with a lot of water sports and aquarobics, there is, well, we could say his uh, female teammate at the YMCA in Ashburton helping people on land. And we speak of an incredible soul by the name of Eleanor Griffiths. Eleanor recently turned 90. Eleanor is the queen of calisthenics. She's been in calisthenics her whole <laughs> entire life. And she's in- inspiring a community, one human being at a time, to, as we like to say on 100 Not Out, make the rest of their their life, the best of their life. Eleanor Griffiths, welcome to 100 Not Out. And welcome to you too. Good morning. You're a phenomenal, Good morning, you're a phenomenal human being, Eleanor. How does someone who's just turned 90 with three kids and seven grandchildren wake up every day and inspire people to be strong and be healthy when a lot of people would be telling you to be sitting on a couch watching daytime TV? Well, it's an attitude. Everything to me is attitude and I've got a lot of living yet to do. I'm Heading for 100, please. I would like to get to 100. And every day is a bonus. I'm healthy, I'm well, I'm happy. More, especially, I'm content. I think this is a lot of things. This is something that a lot of people don't feel. And for, if you're alive and you're today and you're breathing, what more do you want? <laughs> what more do you want? Um, I think people are discontent and they shouldn't be. I'm, I'm here to, to tell the people that come into my class. Just enjoy what you do and get on with it. And my mum had a great saying, you know, when all else fails, just have a cup of tea, blow your nose and get on with it. And that's <laughs> an, but, that, but that's an, it's an old-fashioned saying, but it's one that I live with. And life is wonderful. Of course it has a few downs, but, you know, that's living. But I think people expect so much more from their life than they're entitled to. So ask me how do I get through each day? With grace and gratitude, I'm so pleased to be here. Wow. So wow. pleased to be here. I mean, that, that, that's the bonus. I am here. You're here. I'm here. What else do you want? 
Yeah, right. right. That's great. See, wanting for less, that's fantastic. In your Channel 9 interview, you said that you're a person who's been blessed with an attitude of life is wonderful. And the world yeah. obviously has a hard time dealing with that these days because, you know, people are, you know, always looking for more. Do you think you have to be blessed with this attitude or do you think you've had to work on it, you know, having to cultivate it all the time? Or is it just but something I that's am- in your DNA? Well, uh, I think it's something that you, you're born into. I, I believe the first seven years of your life are what governs who you are for the rest of your life. And I was born into the Depression years, so money was absolutely non-existent, and I know what it's like to be appreciative of what I've got. So maybe that's got a lot to do with it. Or maybe I was just lucky enough to have wonderful parents, love my mother and father, and I've got um, three siblings, and we all got on very well. And the three siblings, they've all died. One died about a month ago. So I'm the last one standing. So what what did I do that they didn't do? Um, Yeah, that's a good question. I was going to ask that. Well, what what is it in a person's DNA or determination or personality? What is it that stands them apart from others? And I'm just grateful to be here. Um, So does that mean they may not have been grateful to be here? I think so. Well, two, two of them particularly, um, unfortunately, became alcoholics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's bad news. Bad yeah, news. Absolutely. And I never did. They both smoked heavily and I never did. Now, why did I do that? I've got no idea. I'm a very, uh, because I'm a May, I'm a tourist of all, and I'm a very determined lady to do whatever I can do to live the best life I can. And I'm pig-headed about that. I'm determined to do all the right things. And we all know what the right things are just most of us choose to ignore it i know what i eat and i i don't live to eat i eat to live and there's a a big difference about what you put into your mouth determines on what what your body's going to do so i'm very careful but i'm not neurotic i mean it sounds like as if i'm a real i don't know pain in the neck and i'm not um it's just that i know what works for me so that when my the ladies in my class they all say you know what's the secret and I said, but I've just found a system that works for me. And that's it in a nutshell. I'm happy to... T- anything you want to know, I'll tell you. Anything that I can help you with, I'll tell you. But it's up to you. You have to find what works for you and then stick to it. And don't let anybody change it for you. Now, so does that help? Oh, that, yep. that's incredible. Dama, I know you're chomping at the bit to ask Eleanor about her diet because you, you just oh, mentioned that, Eleanor. But you've got to yes. hold, hold on, yes. Damo, because there's a couple of things in there, okay. Eleanor, that I, that I must ask you because yes. this is the absolute gold of everything that we talk about in 100 Not Out. Just to give you a bit of background, Eleanor, this podcast is over five years old, over 220-odd episodes, and there are some patterns, some very clear patterns about what mm-hmm. it takes to live a great long life. And the people that we've interviewed, you included, have not had these necessarily cushy lives where everything's been rosy and everything's just happened beautifully and, you know, they're born into money and they go to private schools and they easily get Mm. jobs and no problems. They've they've had stuff go on. And so in our observation, it's pretty clear that the the optimism in your life and the attitude generally comes from a level of resilience. And as Martin Seligman often teaches, that resilience generally comes from some challenges in your life. And you've already spoken about, say, uh, your siblings in their older years, maybe in their midlife, I'm not sure exactly, you know, uh, were alcoholics, they smoked heavily. Mm. What are some other defining, just to cut any any belief system of anyone listening that you've had an easy, cushy life, what have been some of the most defining moments or, or parts of your life that have um, empowered you or you have allowed them to provide you with an empowering belief or an attitude that you carry with you today? 
Well, I had, when I was a little girl, um, my dad is one of ten children, uh, eight boys, and one of, the, one of the men married a lady, Auntie Reen. And from a very early age, I wanted to be like Auntie Reen. And I think this is a great thing for any girl, particularly, to have somebody whom you really admire. I loved the way she walked and talked and dressed and everything. And I wanted to be like Auntie Reen. And I believe I've done it. Every, right through my life, um, Auntie Reen was the person that I wanted to emulate. And, uh, and I believe I did. But the defining line, no, I don't think there is a defining line. It's just a pattern that you take on as a child. And there's so many of us out there. Look, I'm not, I am truly, I am not unique. There's a lot of us out there who have the same story to tell. And I think it's because of the era that we grew up in, being born into the Depression years, um, money was short. Uh, we appreciated what we had because we weren't too sure when we were going to have the next bit. You looked after your, you mended your clothes. You were appreciative of what you ate. You shared. I think this is a big thing that I I learned, particularly when I was one of four children. You learn to share. You learn to stand in a queue. You learn to be patient. You learn to be kind. All the all the graces of yesteryear that are disappearing very fast. And it's one is that. I just love being a human being, and if I can make somebody else's life richer, that's that's part of what I want to do. I'm, I'm, we went to church. Um, I'm part of. There's a lot of us out there. This is what I'm. I, I guess I. I'm actually. I'm sort of embarrassed about being asked what do I do. I just do what everybody else does who came up in my era. I have to underline that. You asked me if there was any time that that had a particular impact. No, it all, it all did. The good, the bad, the ugly. You know, it wasn't always wonderful, but I mean, what? What? I, I do get on my box when I talk about the younger people of today, who I believe have got it too easy. Mm. You can't blame them for their behaviour. Everything has come to them on a platter. That didn't happen to me. I had to wait for things. You had to save up, and so did everybody. You put it on the lay-by. What you wanted, you waited oh, for it to save it. Remember lay-by? Lay-by, but the thing is that, that you didn't get... I'm not there was no sure immediate the, gratification, was there? Just because you wanted it, you just didn't go get it. You had to, you well, had to continue um, to work for it. Oh, I, I, now, things... Okay, what makes me angry? When people stand up there in a group and say, this is what we want and we want it now. I'm sorry, but I don't, I don't subscribe to that at all. If you want something, be prepared to work for it and wait for it. And then when you get it, it's wonderful, and you will look after it. It's when the, the kids say, oh, I, want, I want this, and to keep them quiet, the parents give it to them. I'm thinking, ah, wrong, 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 <laughs> don't, don't do that. I can hear a lot of the younger parents saying, oh, it's all right for her. I mean, she's old, and what does she know? Well, I tell you what, I do I know a lot, and I know what makes better children, and the children who have to wait for what they want not get it when they say I want it. They make better adults because they understand. You just, you just when we, when I drive the car, I might want to drive on the left hand side of the road. I might want to drive <laughs> on the right hand side of the road, right? But what's the Doesn't law? Doesn't mean you get to. Yes, yeah, right. Absolutely. When I'm in a queue for something, I might wish that I was up in the front of the queue. Oh, I mean, big deal. So what? So stand stand where you are in the queue, and just mind your own business and behave and you eventually get to the top of the queue, and that's where I'm heading. So what else so do you want to know? Great. 
This is so, so good. I love this. You've just um, you've just spoken about a great thing, and and you know you could use what your wisdom was there as a metaphor for so many things. But the speed at which people want to eat these days means that they feel like eating something, and if it's not ready, they cook it fast or put it in the microwave. Now no, I just. It's you know, wrong. I suspect that you don't do that. Is that correct? No. No, of course I don't. I mean, it, <laughs> what do you it, eat? What do you have for breakfast, lunch and tea? Well, I, well, I have every morning I have the same breakfast and I love it. I have some porridge. Uh, I've been through a whole lot of other things, but I like this better. And I have some porridge and a glass of orange juice and that's it for breakfast. And that gets me through till my lunch. And my lunch is, is not... I don't go out for lunch. I, I don't ask for huge things that cost a lot of money. I'm very content with small things, um, and I enjoy the food. I love salad, and, and the, when they talk about the, the fruit and the vegetables, I love that, and I don't eat a lot of meat simply because I know it's not good for me. Um, I've been overseas many times, and I've been on, because I'm an art teacher, and I'm an artist, which I love, uh, and I've been, over, I've been overseas on art trips, and there's a lot of meat that's eaten. And I thought, no, nah, I don't want to do that. And when I do, my body says, hmm, sorry, but that, that, that's a bit heavy. Uh, I, I, I know we've got the teeth that make us that we are carnivores, but that's not necessarily the basis of my diet, and, which is varied. And everybody, you might think, oh, my God, she's one of those people who's very strict and eats this for breakfast and that for lunch. Nah, not. Whatever. I am so open-minded. I love new things. I love new adventures. Uh, I believe that, that life is for living and you want to take me somewhere I haven't been before. This is wonderful. Uh, being on this podcast at first for me hey. and that's exciting. Everything's <laughs> exciting for me. Oh, it's great. Are you still married? Are you married? <clears throat> no, my husband died about 20 years ago. Right. And he, <clears throat> we, were ma- we, I was to, we were together for 50 years, wow. which is a long time. And yeah. did we have an argument? Of course we did. Of course you did. <laughs> that's what yeah, lost you. Of course we did. <clears throat> Sorry, ah, but, but these days when people I hear have an argument, I, they think it's all over. You know, uh, had time for a divorce. I'm sorry. Where do they get that idea? Hollywood. They got what? it from Hollywood. The movies. <clears throat> no, that, that, no, that's not right. Because we, <laughs> no, you're not right. Because uh, Hollywood was the biggest influence on our lives when we were growing up and got the pictures every Saturday afternoon, which we loved. And <clears throat> so what we saw in the films was how we wanted to live our lives. But that's not the films today. No, the oh films today. God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Chalk, and che- chalk and cheese. And who's right and who's wrong? I've got no idea. Only history will tell the damage well, that the I, films are I like La La Land. La La Land was a great movie. Uh, well, did you? Oh, yeah, there you I, go. But I didn't like the finish of it. I thought the finish could have been done better. could have been I've, a bit more No, I've yet, I've yet to see it. But we lived in a... Um, my husband used to, he was a, somebody with his feet on the ground and he'd say, but you live in a fantasy world, El. But it's a, it was a fantasy world created by films and we liked it. And you have to remember that we went through a war and at the end of the war, we wanted to believe in fairies. We wanted to have something that took us away from the horrors of the war. Um, and I'm one of the first to say, yeah, I believe in fairies. I love fairies. Yes, good. Uh, you would have loved Disney then. Uh, you would have loved Disney's work. Yeah, of course I would. Yeah. But then you come out and your feet are on the ground, and then you come back to reality. But <laughs> you've got to live. You've got to live with both, and that. Un- so I understand the kids of today who are in their own fantasy world, and 
three of my grandchildren are really hooked on the games that they play and their hands are stuck on a phone or a, an iPad. Um, do, you, do you smash it out of their hand when you see them or do you just uh, let it ride? No, no. I understand where they're at. I when or Just before my husband died, I realised that my grandchildren were going to be talking in a language that I didn't understand. So I decided I'd learn all about computers and I went off to U3A and I kept at it and I love the all the modern technology I'm very much a part of that well done. I know exactly oh well I wanted to be a part of the world and if you're going to be part of the world today you've got to be in touch with modern tech technology and so with my grandchildren I understand where they're at it it concerns me but this is nine this is the 2017 and that's the world we live in and it's their world that I want to be part of. And I know as I'm phasing out of mine, my world is gone. That's history. But there's a lot to be learned from history, but there's a lot to be learned from today. So I learn what is happening today. So you want to talk about whatever's modern, I'm with it. I'm up to date with everything that's going on in the modern world. I've got a big smile on my face, Eleanor. This is an inspiring interview. I want to ask you, speaking of uh, the way the world is going, the the way that older people are stereotyped, how do you feel about it? Uh, And do you feel that it is improving or do you feel that we have completely got it wrong? Oh, that's a big question because the answer is yes, yes, no, no, yes, 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 all that. Um... There's an intolerance of older people by younger people today, which is misplaced, but that's going to change. Do you experience that younger... intolerance, or is that a belief, or is that an oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes, oh, yes. Can, you, can you enlighten us with some examples? Because this is, I think, the core of where people need to learn mm. is by hearing what, what impact it has on the people that are the subject of the intolerance. All right. <clears throat> there is Because I, I work at the Ashburton Pool... We have a group of young mums who have children who are three, two, three, four years of age. And after one of the classes, we get together and enjoy a cup of coffee. The noise that those children make makes it impossible for us to hear each other. Now, I am intolerant of that. So we put up with it for week after week after week. And uh, I thought, oh, no, now mind your own business. This is the young people behaving in the way that they think is correct and but one day I thought no enough is enough so I stood up and said my piece <laughs> and one of the younger <laughs> and that was not well received let me, tell, let me tell you and one of the women turned on me and told me I should be ashamed of myself did wow. I not understand yeah no no she was whoa was she into me in in a huge amount I was a bit I come from a family, we were very verbal, so that, that, didn't bug, that didn't bug me at all. And I thought, you are so wrong, but I will phrase that again, according to me. And here's the difference. My world and her world see things quite differently. So I am tolerant of her because of her upbringing. I'm intolerant because of the way that she doesn't see that behaviour in pattern aggravates the hell out of the older people. We were brought up with good manners and consideration, thoughtfulness, kindness, and all that stuff. And the younger people today are not. So you've got this angst of the older people against the younger ones, and the younger ones are intolerant of the old ones. Um, And I see this as my role of doing something about it. And I'm not too sure 
how I can do something about that, particularly after that confrontation. But it's the children. It's these children. I would like to think that there is somebody comes into their life and teaches them good manners because way, the way they behaved, and you see it in restaurants and cafes and planes and trains, the kids are allowed to do what they want to do when they want to do it. And that doesn't work. Mm. It doesn't work. We've, we've, we've got the, the uh, uh, tail of the dog wagging the dog. And children who are, <laughs> before they get to school, are setting a pace that... that parents and adults are tolerating well i'm sorry that's a giggle but that, that can't happen since when did we set our our social graces by the moods of babies and i am intolerant of that so yes ask me how i feel about young mums well i'm prepared to do a toe-to-toe argument with any young mum at any stage of the game because i feel that these mums are guilty of child abuse and neglect who is teaching the children there, there's to no, behave? There's no doubt, Eleanor, that I think, you know, with the rise of social media, and we've spoken about this a, a fair bit on the podcast, that the, with the rise of social media, we've become more antisocial, and we have lost, uh, as a general rule, not for everyone, but a lot of people have lost the art of socialising, the art of saying please and thank you and, and using our manners. And I think there's no doubt that as a generation, I think we have a lot to learn from the older generation in terms of literally how to relearn um, how to, to use manners. Because you're right... It, and again, not for everyone, but for a lot of people, they have struggled to cultivate that art. With the rise of not having to speak to people, we can email people, we can social media and yep. the rest. Couldn't agree more. I am right behind everything you just said. <clears throat> so where does it begin? Change has to start with somebody or something. And who? Maybe it's you. Maybe you're the person who can start changing. But it needs to be verbalised. It needs to be discussed you need to understand there's going to be angst because you're asking the young people to come out from behind their modern technology and face people eye to eye, face to face, where you think about what you're going to say before you say it. And there's a problem with modern technology. I can send you the most abusive letter that I can compose and it might take me all day to do it. Now, I wouldn't do that if I was talking to you. Mm. There's no censorship when you send off, I, the things that I hear about, and I love watching Dr. Phil because that brings me up to date with what's happening in America, and the stuff that's happening on iPhones and on the computer, it's disgusting. It, it's, people are not nice to people anymore. So how are you going to change that? Well, people like you. I would You're also say... Who- People like you, Eleanor, I mean, this is the thing. You're out there living your life, um, embedded in society, inspiring people, you know, one at a time. We haven't even uh, got on to your personal training and the way that you inspire other people (laughs) into the gym. But I think most importantly, we've wanted to learn more about um, you as an individual and you've been so good enough to share so much of your wisdom um, and your insights into what, what creates a great life. And I have no doubt, Eleanor, that in... 10 years' time, when we've been doing this podcast for 15 years and we're up to episode 1500, we will be celebrating your 100th birthday. And uh, we can't thank you enough for, for joining us and for sharing so much. I know we could keep on going, but we have run out of time. But I just want to thank you yep. on behalf of Damo and myself and all of our listeners you know, for joining us and sharing so much of your wisdom on 100. Not My- You've been remarkable. 
My pleasure, and thank you for inviting me. No worries. And before you go, Eleanor, Damo and I are going to come down. When I'm in Melbourne, we're going to come and visit you and Bill and everyone else down there at the Ashburton YMCA to see what you do and to be inspired by your actions. And, uh, Damo, we might hop in the pool we'll with Bill in. and then go into the right. gym for a bit of a PT yep. session with Eleanor. Um, yes. Love it. Yep, I reckon. I reckon it's on the cards. When I'm in Melbourne next, um, we're going to book that in, Eleanor. So again, I'd love, love to meet you. Uh, I'd be wonderful. And as we like to wish every single guest, Eleanor, may the rest of your life, Eleanor Griffiths, continue to be the best of your life. Aren't Aren't you a doll? All right. Thank you so much for your kindness. <laughs> it's our pleasure. Okay. Thank you so much, Eleanor. Now, just okay, hang, on the li- hang on the line there, yeah. Eleanor, before you go, just so okay. I can um, wrap this up. We would love uh, your feedback, folks. You can go to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 not out. For more info on Damo, go to damienchristoff.com, myself, marcuspierce.com.au. And for uh, those of you on the iTunes store, give this podcast a five-star rating so we can share Eleanor's story with the world. Until next week, thank you for your support and continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. We hope you enjoyed this edition of 100 Not Out. Now, if you love this episode and you love longevity, then you are invited to join Damien and I at our 2018 Longevity Experience on the Greek island of Ikaria. This is a nine-night, ten-day, all-inclusive immersion based at Thayer's Inn and Restaurant, TripAdvisor's number one place to be in Ikaria. Together, we'll be living the Icarian lifestyle, eating, moving, dancing, socializing, learning, and a whole lot more. This is a lifestyle that has 80% less dementia, 50% less cancer, 20% less heart disease, and the highest count of centenarians per capita in the world. They don't call it the island where people forget to die for nothing. To find out more and to apply, go to www.100notout.com. Applications are processed on a first-in-first-served basis, so even if you aren't 100% sure, your best bet is to fill out the application form. It is completely free to apply and only takes two minutes. We would love to have you there, so head over to 100notout.com for all the info. Until next week, thanks again for your support and may the rest of your life be the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.